0: Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there, and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You have reached episode number 358, entitled Exploring Web Accessibility. A Conversation with Jen Harris. It was published on Thursday, the 25th of January, 2024. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined in a few minutes by Jen. But before then, a few tiny bits of housekeeping. If you're into what WP Builds does, we would really appreciate it if you shared the things that we do with your social media friends, colleagues, relations. We would love that. We've got a Twitter channel at WP Builds. And the best place to find all of the things that we do is to head to our subscribe page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. There's an email list there, which allows us to inform you when we produce new content. Speaking of new content, head to wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule. And there's a calendar there. That calendar will enable you to put the bits and pieces that we do into your calendar. So that's the This Week in WordPress show, plus anything that we're doing live. That's things like webinars and demos. And also the Speed It Up show and the UI UX show. All of those things happening and scheduled on our schedule page. And one more thing if you would like to help support WP Builds, we have sponsorship options and you can get your product or service in front of a very particular WordPress specific audience. Head to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise to find out more. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash builds. Once more, go.me forward slash builds. and sincere heartfelt thanks go to GoDaddy Pro. For their continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, what have we got for you today? Well, as I said at the top, this is episode 358, and it's a conversation with Jen Harris all about website accessibility. Jen is a person that you should really take seriously. She spent a lot of time exploring and educating herself all about website accessibility. And in this episode, We put a spotlight on the importance of this to all users and all creators of websites, whether or not you have a target audience of accessibility. We talk about the importance of this going forward, not just because of legislation, but because perhaps it's the moral and correct thing to do. We talk about how your website can be impacted by making accessibility improvements. We talk about the career opportunities which might be available for accessibility experts. And we also get into a project, a tool that Jen has created called Easy Ally Guide. And we talk about how that will help you discover all of the different bits and pieces that you may need to know about websites that you're building. There is an offer code mentioned in the podcast. I'm not 100% sure if that will still be working. We recorded this episode a little while ago and it was due to expire in 2023. I guess the best thing to do would be to contact Jen. You can find all the details in the show notes about where to get in touch with her, but I hope that you enjoy it. I am joined on the podcast today by Jen Harries. How are you doing, Jen?
1: Good. How about yourself, Nathan?
0: Yeah, good. Thank you. Jen and I have been having a lovely uh, chat prior to this recording all about accessibility, and accessibility is indeed going to be the focus of the podcast today. Jen has got a lot to say. She's got a lot of experience and uh, some some things that she's been building that she wishes to talk about as well. We'll have a more general chat about accessibility also. Uh, I guess prior to that, it's a, it's a fairly bland opener, but I think it's important. Given that you're going to be talking about accessibility, people are going to be listening and hopefully taking you as an authority on that. The, the opening question is, give us your bio, tell us about you, and, and how come it is that you're interested in and authoritative about accessibility online?
1: All right, Nathan. So, I started getting into WordPress development more than a decade ago. And at the beginning, I made all the mistakes that everyone else makes. Those horrible carousels, all sorts of arguably unreadable text and whatnot. And then around uh, 2019, I met uh, Amber Hines and started to get a little interested in accessibility and what her company Equalize Digital was doing. And I found that it was a rabbit hole. And it was a rabbit hole that branched off in all different directions. And one of the things I like is going down random rabbit holes that branch off in all sorts of different directions. So I started learning more about it, started incorporating it into my processes, started discovering that it is really hard to get started in this. Mm. There, there are very few good checklists out there. There's checklists that say, here's the criteria, check each of them off. Okay, but ow. And then you go down a path to find the understanding documents, And you discover they're written at a PhD reading level (laughs) and it's still not quite clear. Yeah. So I, I started getting more involved. I run the Baltimore WordPress meetup and I started, uh, bringing in some guests onto there. I had, uh, Colleen from, oh, I can't remember the name of her company at the moment. It's okay. Um, But she came on and did an accessibility talk. I started to get involved in the WordPress Accessibility Facebook group and just learned more and got more passionate about it. And I've since become an Equalized Digital Referral Partner. And I have started doing a number of talks myself on the topic, including I just got back from speaking at uh, WordCamp US on accessibility and bringing it towards the beginning of the process so that it doesn't have to cost an obscene amount of money or cause dozens of hours of rework. You can actually bring it forward and save yourself huge amounts of time, effort, and headache. So yeah, that's a little about me.
0: Yeah. Thank you. That's really interesting. I, I'm going to ask you this question, but you feel free to decline to answer it if you wish, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Did, did this interest was it spurred on by um, something perhaps in your own life, maybe yourself or a relative, or was it literally that you were just fascinated by it, and the the whole topic and the interest of it was was just something that you found yourself captivated by as opposed to something that you needed to learn for your own personal um, life, a family member or something like that?
1: so it's it's more of just an interest but definitely some of the things that I've learned have, for example, helped my mom. She has uh, the muscles in her eyes are not the same lengths, so this can cause a twitch for her if she, for example, were to use a poor quality computer monitor. Literally she'll get a splitting headache bordering on a migraine from having used that for even just an hour. Um, So some of the things that I've learned. I've been able to show her and for example, the select to speak it's included in most browsers. You literally just select a block of text, right click and say speak. And then the computer will speak it out to you. So I showed her how to configure her computer to pick out a voice that she liked, a speed that she liked. And she's, she's loved it because it's, it's literally as simple as she selects a block of text, right click, speak. And it just speaks it to her, so she can just close her eyes and relax more.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people um, really do, do. I mean, my main conduit for reading these days is the internet. It's very rare that I actually pick up a physical book or a newspaper, you know, an actual physical newspaper. And um, and I genuinely, until you told me about that about eight minutes ago, I didn't even know that was a feature. And yet there it is, built into the core of. All, I'm going to say, all browsers or most Pretty browsers. Pretty much all browsers yeah. have it now. Yeah. And uh, it's just a fabulous feature, isn't it? You know, really interesting, the idea you just highlight a piece of text and get the computer to read it in a voice of, of your choosing, Of your I guess. choosing, yes. Yeah, depending on where you are in the world, you may have a preference as to what you want to hear spoken back to you. But okay, so that's really interesting. So although it wasn't necessarily for a personal need, it very quickly became apparent to you that there were people in your immediate environment who could benefit from that. One of the things that I always think is really challenging, and and I realize that we could probably spend the next six hours answering the next question. So we're going to have to do some fine cherry picking and pick off some low-hanging fruit or some use cases which are typical I wonder if you could give us some information about the kinds of things that accessibility covers. So maybe I'll rephrase that question. I approach the computer. I have full use of my hands. My eyes work. My ears work. I can get myself to the computer using my own feet. What I'm basically trying to say is I have no... There's just nothing about the internet, a computer, a mobile phone, anything which I struggle with. It's all available to me with great ease. so I thank myself mm-hmm. incredibly lucky for that. But what are the scenarios that people are facing which are different to that? And maybe we could just pick two or three that you found mm-hmm. to be possibly the most persuasive given that we're gonna talk about why you need to adapt your websites.
1: Yes, so the first thing is who benefits from accessibility. And this is basically the business case for making a website more accessible? And the answer is, everyone. For example, you have probably encountered a website that had light gray text or yellow text on a white background. And you went, wow, this is so hard to read. Mm. Well, that's a violation of the WCAG or Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. Poor contrast text is not permitted. Well, when we fix the contrast of the text, we just made this website better for everyone. Everyone instantly benefited. Another example is someone who, like yourself, fully able. What happens when you go take your smartphone outside on a bright, sunny day?
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it can be a really... I mean, there are some websites that I've tried to look at on my phone when I'm outside, and I'm like... Well, I just can't read this. Like I, I just can't. And I have, I have 2020 vision. I have perfect color vision. I don't have any visual issues, but I literally can't read that on my smartphone. And what happens when I can't read it? I click the browser back button. I'm gone. Yeah. So the basics of accessibility really help everyone as we start to get into more specific people and more specific issues. In the United States, about 79% of adults, which is the target market for most people, 79% of adults need some sort of vision correction. And that means that there's a time during the day that they remove that vision correction. And what happens when someone who's farsighted doesn't have their reading glasses on and tries to look at your website and you have little tiny text? they can't read it it's that simple yeah um what happens when someone's just tired at the end of a day and they have a headache and you just have a poor user interface and they just can't find what they're looking for and they just want to order pizza for dinner for crying out loud they just need food and it's confusing like they're they're done with with effort for the day. They they just want it in front of them. Make it simple. By using a lot of the accessibility guidelines and the accessibility principles, making things just significantly easier to use, you help the person who has a headache. You help the mother of a screaming toddler with an ear infection figure out how to get the medicine the doctor told her to pick up at the drugstore. You you help people when they are not perfect because people aren't perfect. People don't live in a perfect world. People don't live in perfect situations. They have challenges and struggles. And if you make it more accessible, if you follow more of the guidelines and more of the principles, you make the internet better for everyone, including the imperfect people in the imperfect situations.
0: I've never heard it described thus and I really like that there was something incredibly powerful there was a sentence and I was desperately trying to hold on to it but then I started listening to what the rest of what you had to say but there was something <laughs> about 30 seconds ago that you said and it was really it was perfect it, you know something along the lines of
1: people yeah, aren't perfect
0: yeah but but also it, it yeah I mean it, that's just such a great uh, elucidation of what we're talking about so that's some of the low hanging fruit, but you, mm-hmm. you talked about, you know, the fact that there's WCAG guidelines and maybe we'll get into the whole, the, the, the legal framework around this, because I, I feel that that's quite important. So 190 plus countries in the world, each doing their own thing. Um, mm-hmm. we've obviously got some guidelines, which are intended to be more international, by the way, I will link to these all in the show notes, but, uh, uh you are looking for basically a WCAG, w c a g You could probably google that and see where it mm-hmm. gets you um but I'm just wondering what the what the compulsion is here one of the one of the lovely things about using WordPress is that anybody can pick it up and start designing a website and you know you don't have to have somebody who is a air quotes pro sitting over your shoulder. You can do it all by yourself. That, of course, means that you may put the pale yellow on the white background, <laughs> because for some reason, that's a colour combination that is just lovely for you, and it all works out well. But I, I do wonder what the what the legal constraints are. I feel that if we went back 10 years, there were probably almost none. But I feel that in 2023, when we're recording this, litigation seems to be starting mm-hmm. up. It seems to be that there's a bit, bit of ambulance chasing, if you know what that phrase means. Um... All of that going on. So just paint the picture of maybe the legal imperatives of why this is important.
1: In terms of the legal aspects, what has happened is that in the US, in the uh, kind of late 20 teens, the US Department of Justice stopped prosecuting uh, websites for lack of accessibility. At the time, they had gone after some very large, big enterprise sites. So this left it to the civil suits. And so in the US, the civil suits have gone up hugely since about 2017, 2018. They have gone up and they have been steadily, steadily increasing. And these civil suits started out with the largest, biggest, you know, Fortune 500. And then they have been moving to smaller and smaller websites, leaning more towards e-commerce than just brochure but this is pushing accessibility. The U.S. Department of Justice is also pushing forward some rules, which will hopefully come out soon, that will affect not just federal websites, because in the U.S. federal websites, such as whitehouse.gov or the U.S. Department of Justice.gov, those websites need to comply with certain accessibility rules then the new set of guidelines is going to be directed at state and local. So that is going to affect a whole bunch of websites. And I am desperately hoping that they will finally fix the Maryland income tax website so that the cancel button is not in the bottom right just as big as every other button so that you don't accidentally click it all the time. (laughs) Not that that's ever been a problem for me. (laughs) So, then we move to uh, what has happened with the civil suits. In nearly every civil suit in the past couple of years, so we're talking uh, basically 2021, 22, 23, when something has gone to a settlement or a judge, what has happened is that the website has to agree to become compliant with WCAG 2.1 level AA. That is basically considered the standard. And coming out at the end of 2023 will be WCAG 2.2 level AA, and these are the standards that are maintained by the W3C, or World Wide Web Consortium. Going to Canada, Uh, they have the um, Ontarians with Disabilities Act, and that is focused on accessibility in Canada and that actually does require certain compliances depending on the size of the company. It's a little confusing but um, then over in Europe the EU EAA will be coming out in 2025 and the member states basically all got to write their own rules and publish them somewhere although it's been a bit difficult to get information on what each country has written as there are so many countries and so many languages and there's no central repository. But in 2025, those laws will all go into effect and they will specifically focus on um, private sector e-commerce and they do also include an exemption for very small businesses. If I remember correctly, it's 10 employees is the threshold.
0: Okay. So it's a different picture depending on the part of the world that you're in. Some Very countries, much. it sounds like, are more at the vanguard of this and are pushing it more heavily than others. It sounds like uh, Europe is, I guess, if you're in a particular country, it may be relatively, m- well, more straightforward, should we say, for you to track down the information about that. But somebody's somebody like you, who's trying to paint a bigger picture, it's difficult to figure out what uh, i don't know i'm just name a com- couple of countries what france are doing as opposed to what germany and poland and estonia and latvia they they've all got something slightly different and i guess that that makes the whole puzzle a little bit more difficult then of course the there's the international component as well isn't it let's say for example you're over in europe but you're selling products to the usa let's use that as mm-hmm. an example that muddies the water a bit more because presumably the usa the, the the rules uh, in the USA would would also be needed from the site coming out of Europe?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because most countries in Europe have a legal agreement framework with the United States, people in the United States can sue people or companies in those other countries that are selling to the US.
0: So how how realistic is the threat of legal action? We talked about ambulance chasing and all of that earlier. Is it a growing problem? Do you have any data to point to the fact that, you know, two years ago, it was X through one year ago, it's Y. Does it seem to be on the rise? Yes.
1: So um. there it it is on the rise in terms of how likely are you to be sued? The odds are definitely much higher if you are an e-commerce site. About 80% of the lawsuits are against e-commerce websites. So... Definitely your odds are higher for e-commerce. Um, it's mostly about, are you low-hanging fruit or not? The lawyers are literally giving lists of websites that they're getting from all sorts of different sources, and they're saying, okay, here's a list of, of websites. Go through the list and tell us which ones are good candidates for lawsuits, so which ones have tons of errors and problems. And then they create the lawsuits and going after those sites with tons of errors and problems and i mean for the most part you're looking at companies that are making a million dollars plus a year but small little b and b's in iowa have been sued so you're not totally safe but the odds of you getting hit with a particular round of lawsuits is extremely low
0: yeah Okay, so that, that's interesting, and maybe that habit from the lawyers will ramp up. Maybe it will go in the opposite direction. We don't know, but certainly um, th- there's a chance. It doesn't matter where you are in the world; there is a chance. Okay, given that, obviously, you know, we're not trying to scare anybody into doing this because there's an actual there's an actual need for it to be done, mm-hmm. despite the lawyers. We, I guess most people would prefer it phrased that way. So. G- given there's that we...
1: a business need for this. Yeah, yes.
0: right. Okay, that's a that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. So there's a there's a business need for it as well as a moral, I suppose, need for it. G- given that, and given that these lawyers may come after you and they've got a whole cavalcade of things that they can, you know, check on the tick box to see whether you've done or you haven't done. What are some of the what are the, some of the low hanging pieces of fruit, if you like, that that you could implement? Relatively quickly, let's say that mm-hmm. you allocate a few hours each week. What are the kind yes. of things that uh, a novice coming to this would be would be best spending their time on?
1: So number one is try to hit things that affect a lot of people. And the number one thing that affects a lot of people is, is your web- website legible? Are you using fonts and colors that are actually readable? You know? The example of going outside in the bright sunlight. Can people actually read your website when they, you know, take their dog to the dog park? Because guess what? They're they're playing on their phones when they're there. So the first thing to do is, is definitely fonts and colors and make sure that your website is actually readable. Um, I happen to have, you know, a site and I happen to have some pretty easy to use DIY tools to set up your colors and fonts. And help you pick those out. The number two thing to do would be make sure right click works. The reality is there's a ton of useful, helpful tools that are available via right click, and disabling that is a disservice to your customers. Then do, do check lots of websites
0: w- do that? Then that's curious. I'm just there to
1: are think. quite a few yeah. websites that do it. It's really very annoying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's peculiar. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. You carry on.
1: Then uh, move on to doing some uh, what's called keyboard testing. So this means use a keyboard and put your cursor into your little address bar where you have your URL and then hit the tab key. And you should start going through your site. It should give you a very clear outline showing you where exactly you are so that you can visually see where you're at you should be able to activate links for example with the enter key on your keyboard you should be able to use shift tab to go backwards you should be able to make it through your forms even people who don't necessarily use keyboard navigation will commonly use it on forms we have learned that you hit the tab key to move through your form yeah and so that brings me to the next one fix your forms Let's say you have a form, it needs to have a label on top because, for example, I have been partway through filling out a form and then my dog barked because a package got delivered and it was, of course, her toys. So we had to open the package and we had to get out the new toys. And then I come back to my computer, you know, after all that. And if I don't have a clear label on each of the fields, I have no idea what I was doing.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: And the other thing is, put all of your descriptions or your helper text above the input field. There are a bunch of form builders who, by default, put the description or the helper text below the form field. Oh, now, yeah. I use I use a like many people um, an autofill tool. You know, it helps me to not have to retype my entire address or my name. All those other things. Well, what happens is the autofill always drops below the field. So if you have a description right there, it just got covered by your autofill. So that huh. description is not remotely helpful to me at the moment. Um, it, it's a lot of those uh, simple things going through and hitting some of those. If you have an e-commerce site, make sure that you can make it through the whole e-commerce checkout process without using a mouse.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, th- those those are the biggest uh, things y- you can kind of hit early. And typically, they're not massive undertakings.
0: Yeah, that's really common sense stuff, isn't it? And thank you for, for doing that. Uh, um, so there's bound to be people listening to this who are really on the road with this. They They, they know what you're talking about. Everything you've just mm-hmm. described makes perfect sense to them. And there'll be other people who are, well, I've never really given this much thought at all. So let's talk to those people. What's the what's the kind of, well, I don't know if it's more of a sliding scale, but it could be that you're facing a cliff edge. You've done nothing. You're standing mm-hmm. at the bottom of what will be the beginning of your accessibility journey. And right at the start, it looks like you've got a ton of things to do. So you mentioned, okay, I've got to update all my forms. I've got to maybe fiddle with my fonts and color palette choices and all that and and as we know there's a lot more to it than that um is there a is there an amount that you should regard as well I've started I've, I've done something I, and I don't know what the legal stuff around that is like if you can demonstrate that you've begun but you haven't quite finished and I'm guessing this is a bit of a never quite finished job it's constant tweaking like the website it's itself. like SEO yeah yes. yeah so, so yeah the question is that really how much how much is enough. And there may not be an answer to that. But anyway, that's the question. So
1: the generally established uh, standard of what you quote unquote should be doing would be the WCAG level AA. So the current version is 2.1, but 2.2 will probably drop by the time this episode has been published. That's considered the standard, the, the bar to aim for. Now, if you miss a couple of small things, will it probably matter? Probably not. Um, in terms of how much of an undertaking is this? Well, it's a lot like SEO. If you bring an SEO professional in and ask them to do, you know, one day of SEO, they will probably do a lot of work and there's a, decent chance that they will do a whole bunch of technical seo it'll be behind the scenes but that will start to show rewards over time even from just that that one day of focused work if you as someone with no experience in seo were to try to do one day of work you would basically spend the entire day learning right so yes if you were to bring someone in and have them do one day of work um For example, I do one day builds and I have literally, I built, um, the Canadian blind golf website in a day. Yes. Mm. Blind golf exists. Yeah. There are people who are blind and golfic.
0: Yeah. Nice.
1: But I had them, they tested it afterwards and they didn't have issues and they had people from legally blind to completely, absolutely no vision at all go go through the website and they they were not encountering issues. Does it absolutely meet 100% of WCAG perfectly? No, it does not. But when people can actually use it and they make it through, then generally it's it's good enough. When yeah. you have a couple of people running through and testing and they're not encountering problems and they're not encountering barriers to actually using the site. That is what most people will find to be good enough. I have a, I have
0: a question. Um, given what you've just said about the, the fact that you were building that particular website, I'm curious as to whether you, since you've made this a significant part of what you do, has has that paid off for your business? What I mean is have you managed to become, well, I don't know, if, for want of a better word, consultant? Is there is there consultancy work here? In other words, in the same way that you can hire an SEO um, mm-hmm. and you can hire people to speed up your website, optimization experts, is, is there a career path for somebody who is a uh, air quotes expert at accessibility online?
1: Yes, there ah. definitely is. It definitely will be, you'll have far more opportunities if you can do, if you can say how to fix, you know, if, if you can just test, it's, it's a pretty narrow market. There's not a lot of work. You would have to be working for a company that had a significant amount of work coming in. But if you can say specifically how to fix, like this is what you have. This is what it needs to be so that it works right. There's a larger market for you. If you can go all the way to, I can actually implement it all for you. Then you, you have the, the larger market. And then there's one more step and that is accessibility monitoring. So there are companies that are being paid thousands a month to do accessibility monitoring, and that is very much out of the realm for average businesses. You know, they they can't afford thousands a month for these kinds of services. But there are some new players coming in, such as Equalify, and I actually work with them on reporting and building more reporting systems We have some betas coming out uh, hopefully by Q1 of 2024 that will be able to help you have reports that are similar to SEO reports. So you'll actually be able to see your accessibility coverage and see that coverage over time. And that also does include some things like some AI tools to do testing for your accessibility in addition to some of the existing products like the Axe product and the Wave product.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned Equalify and there are hopefully the price point for that will be a little bit lower than the several thousand dollars. Significantly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll wait. I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, the The thing about that is, is that, a, is that like a plugin inside of WordPress or is that like a SaaS app, which is pinging your site and giving, scraping the data and giving you Giving you metrics about what you've done well or what you haven't done well.
1: Mm-hmm. So right now it's available as a SaaS app and it's also available open source, which you can install on your own server and do your own customizing with. Obviously, most people will not be in the position that they can install things on their own server and work with it. But the SaaS app will be coming with more features and more reporting, which will be available to wide range of people. At, and their goal is very much to have an affordable price point so that small businesses are paying less than a hundred a month for this service and to be able to monitor and see what's going on with their websites. The United States Department of Justice is currently working on some rulemaking and in their initial notes. So this is not, you know, dogma yet. This is, this is their initial notes they have said that showing that you have an accessibility program and that you've been tracking and remediating over time may actually allow you to meet the Americans with Disabilities Act
0: wait hang on that's interesting so uh, okay so you don't need so my question earlier was about how far into that journey do you need to be to to be compliant so that's that's quite an interesting step change isn't it so so yes. long as you can prove that you are on the journey and that journey isn't stagnant, it's not like you did mm-hmm. something four years ago and then never did anything again. If you can prove that you are in the process and there's continual endeavor to tweak things and monitor things and be alerted and then take action on them, that in itself could unhook could you be, from the yes. legal So this, okay.
1: this is not, you know, th- this is their initial notes. This is not written into law yet. But we are very much hoping that this does get written into law as this would provide, you know, a very good way to show that a website is committed to their accessibility. And it would also really deter the ambulance chasers from having a case.
0: Yeah. Because you can begin tomorrow and do mm-hmm. a bit and then continue, not this giant cliff edge as I was describing where exactly. you've got so many things to do if you can prove that you're on that journey. Oh, that's really interesting. You mentioned SEO plugins before. I don't know if you mentioned SEO plugins, but certainly SEO got mentioned. And we, we've all been to those plugins before where you um, where you get the, the, the sort of traffic-like effect of, mm-hmm. you know, on this particular page, your, uh, your SEO endeavors are probably not going to bear you any fruit. It's red, but this page, green, you're doing a great job over here. Um, yes. I don't know if there's any tooling like that that you can... There is. Yeah, interesting.
1: So... The, uh, planned features for the Equalify will have a, basically more of a percentage done. So you have passed this percentage of tests. So you'll be able to see, you know, even small amounts of progress going forward. Then there is the, uh, Accessibility checker plugin from Equalize Digital. It is in both a premium version and a free version from the WordPress repository. They recently got some money from NASA, which is the United States Space Agency, to make front end identification of errors. So they now have a front end widget which will highlight. On the front end, where exactly the issue that that they're currently flagging is to, to
0: you, the logged in user, not to
1: to you, the logged in okay, user. Okay, yeah.
0: yes. Okay, great.
1: To to administrators, yeah, right. Administrators right, right. get to see this, yeah. But this, um, and they do have a a scoring system to show you that you ha- that on this page you have passed this many of the tests.
0: So we're really, I'm just getting the sense of a really maturing. Uh, industry built up around this. And we were saying a minute ago about how you in particular have, have discovered that there's, there's, there's work to be Mm -hmm. had here. Uh, but it also seems that, you know, in the future, in the same way that we are going to be looking for SEO plugins for our website to improve all of that, these kind of tools, you know, equalify that you mentioned and the, uh, the, the things from equalize digital, the plugins that they've got, these kind of tools are going to be there to help you. Ah, uh, because because there's there's an industry growing up around it, and that all seems to be that all seems to be really healthy.
1: Yes, yes, it is. And part of what I focus on is a lot of the uh, earlier stage parts, because as we all know, if you have already baked the cake, it's a lot harder to change the ingredients. <laughs> But yes, if you're true. at the early stage and you're just picking out your ingredients, it's really easy to change the end result. So I work, um, my, my focus with the Easy Alley Guide is to bring it forward. Bring it forward so it costs less and can be done much faster and more predictably with uh, tools and also checklists. So it takes me on average less than half an hour to pick out my fonts, pick out my colors, grab a basic wireframe and a few example sites and send it off to my designer. I can do that now in less than half an hour. Let's let's dig into the weeds and have them of... build a homepage for me.
0: Yeah, let's dig into the weeds of that because you've just you've alluded to it but I don't think we gave it a proper proper description really. So You've been working on something. Again, links will be in the show notes, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it as ally just because that's the way I say that's it. That's fine. Uh, easy ally. So easy A11Yguide.com. So easy A11Yguide.com. This is uh, an endeavor of yours to make it trivially simple for people. And it sounds like you've aimed this squarely at the, okay, you're in the process of building a website. You haven't baked yes. the cake and all of that. So just rehash that again. What is this tool? What kind of things does it cover? Um, Maybe even get into things like pricing, whether you've got a pro mm-hmm. or a free or all of that.
1: Yes. So the whole purpose here is I wanted to build a better mousetrap. I <laughs> had tried a bunch of different tools that are out there, and maybe they let me compare one color to another color and get a contrast, but it didn't really tell me in words that I easily understood, pass or fail. Kind of gave me a score, and then I had to read into it because they were talking about font sizes in points. But of course, on the internet, we do font sizes in pixels. So you had to do the translation. It They just, they weren't easy. So there were, there were a few other tools that maybe allowed me to compare six colors with six colors. But great, the colors aren't really labeled, so I don't remember what I was trying to use these colors for. And again, if you've actually built a lot of websites, which I have, you end up with a couple of different background colors, sometimes two, sometimes five. Then you end up with different fonts. You have a heading font color and a body font color, and frequently you have those little different from each other. You have a button color and a button hover. You have uh, icons and what different colors those are. You have a lot of colors, yeah, <laughs> on a given website. And these these tools, they all had, you know, at at most six. And I'm like, I need more than six, and I also need to know what they're for. And even if I use that tool and I get those six out, and I finally get them to match, okay, now I gotta copy every single one of those and put them into something useful that I can use later. So I was like, I need, I need a tool where I can select my backgrounds, select all my different foregrounds, my heading, text, link, link, hover, border, accents, buttons button hover put all of that in get an easy to answer is this okay or is this an issue and then have an easy quick copy out my css variables and put them wherever i want them to be
0: it's ingenious i love it so if you go to uh if you go to the url that we just mentioned then forward slash quick dash colors spelt in the uh, the american way without the u then, yes or just um, go
1: to the DIY tools and yeah
0: oh yeah yeah okay yeah so you can go to the DIY tools in the menu and and there it is yeah quick quick colors and you do exactly that you just pick background color one as a color picker background color two there's a color picker and you go through the process you know heading colors uh, text color link color border color button blah, blah 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 all of these things and then it presents you with whether or not they are whether you know the, the contrast ratio and then helpfully gives you <laughs> gives you the Dumps out the CSS for you to just copy and paste as well, which is great. What what a great idea.
1: Yes. And then I did similarly with the fonts. Right. So I've got one page, which is just font examples. It's just a whole page of yeah, font nice. examples. Yep. Yep. And I've used um, a number of pangrams. Those are sentences with every letter in the alphabet. Yep. Yep. So I put those in. I put in all the symbols because people were saying, okay, but I need to see all the symbols. Th- th- there are literally because,
0: all the symbols there. They all are, yes, so, yeah. So,
1: and the and bold and italics, so that you can easily see like a real block of text. And I also really avoid using lorem ipsum because when I've worked with clients over the years, one thing I found is if you give them lorem ipsum, they will never read it because they can't. But if you give them text that they are unfamiliar with and requires them to actually think about it and process it, sentences they don't expect, like these pangrams. You know, um, jaded zombies acted quaintly but kept driving their dizzy oxen <laughs> forward. <laughs> yeah. People have to think about reading that. Yeah. But the reality is their, their customers have to think about their content too. Their customers are, are seeing this content for the first time. They're not familiar with it. They need to actually read it. So I also have the the quick fonts tool, which allows you to quickly pick out your fonts, your sizes, your weights. And I add spacing because spacing can make a font that's a little difficult to read. For example, I find the Arial and Helvetica fonts to be a little tight and squished especially in large blocks of text, especially yeah, when you have I know like what you mean. Yeah. words like billing with the I-L-L-I. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's, it's really squished. But when you add a little bit of font spacing to them, you're like, oh, wow, this is so much easier to read. And I even showed uh, some people, for example, like Open Sans. They were like, oh, I love Open Sans. Wait, that sentence is actually hard to read. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Oh, we add font spacing and now it's Some easier to read. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's, it's just a lot of these uh, little tricks, but I spit all of that information out. So you have it for you. So you can kind of use this interactive tool and then it gives you the sample with, you know, what lists and links and block quotes and headings and tables and buttons, what they all look like in your font choices so that you can make a much more informed decision. And uh, also have like, you know, screenshots, you could just make a screenshot of a section, hand that over to a client so they could actually look at it. But again, using English text, but with sentences that are unfamiliar to them, makes them work to read it. And that's where you want your, your clients to be. You want them to work to read the content so that they experience it just like their customers would.
0: So you've got um, you've got some further resources as well. So you've got those three free tools, which are yes. really worth checking out. That's, they're really nice. So then you've got, the, you've got a, a learn section where you're presenting articles and uh, video presentations of things that you've mm-hmm. done in the past. And you mentioned some of the events earlier. Um, but you've also got this uh, this item called Don For You. Um, yes. Don so, For You tool. What's that?
1: Don so what tool. this is, is a uh, builder where basically you'll be able to use a simplified set of inputs. So what you frequently have from like a brand guide where you would have a font and you would have a couple of brand colors to use and then just input a couple of things, then it will build out a whole big complex of fonts and colors working with both light backgrounds and dark backgrounds so that you'll be able to have information for both because how many times have we had a website where most of the content has a light background, but then you have a few called actions with a dark background. Maybe the footer has a dark background. You know, you, you end up with a, with a mix of both light and dark. It's really common. So then you get the full list of the contrast grid, and then I give it to you as kind of a website sample. So an actual hero sections and content sections and call to actions and tables and forms. So you actually get to see it as a website. And then finally you get all of the variables out at the end.
0: Nice, It's really the, nice.
1: Yeah. And the other tool I have, uh, which will be uh, informational I'll have is the guides. So this is a done for you guide. So these are what I literally use when I delegate out work to people who don't have a familiarity with accessibility. So I use a design service and the designers don't have a significant accessibility background. And the reality is 99% of designers don't. But it's specific instructions laid out in a nice clear checklist, do this, you're not allowed to do this. And it also then can be used once the designer or the copywriter finishes. You can go through the checklist. Did they do the things they're supposed to? Did they not do the things they're not supposed to? Just really simplifying out the process so that we're not trying to ask these people to do a 100 hours of learning. We're asking them to follow a checklist.
0: If, um, if what Jen has been talking about resonates with you and you fancy poking around the site and you end up being curious about the, uh, the paid for subscription that is on that website, I'll just drop in that Jen was kind enough to, uh, to offer a $100 off coupon for, for the year 2023. So if you're listening mm-hmm. to this in 2024 and beyond, caveat emptor, it may not be available. But during 2023, you can get $100 off the, the subscription. yearly subscription. Yeah, the yes. annual subscription for the, the service that um, Jen just described. Yes. And the coupon code, as you might imagine, is uh, WPBUILD. So uh, enter that case insensitive. It doesn't really matter. But uh, if you go for all lowercase, you probably, you know, probably it should work. But that's during the year of 2023. So, yeah, thank mm-hmm. you for that. Now, just one thing I want to clear up because um, I hear this all the time. You've decided to call this easy ally guide and you've got this sort of done for you, um, moniker that you were talking about there. This brings to mind like everything's easy and super easy. And, and it makes me think of these overlays that we've been hearing about over the, uh, the last few years, but well, it's easy. You just, you just install this thing and a bit of JavaScript will have you, uh, have you on your way. No problem at all. So this isn't that's, I want to be clear. That's not what you're about, is it? correct yeah
1: that is not what i'm about um one of the the questions i always ask when someone brings up an overlay is if i install one line of javascript will your website seo be done for you
0: (laughs) oh well it's tricky uh
1: no it won't (laughs) yeah uh the reality is um most automated tools can test for about 30% of the guidelines. Now that covers about 50, sometimes up to 60% of typical website content. There are some guidelines that quite frankly, almost never apply. But to, to to most of the common websites, especially brochure sites, there's just some guidelines that rarely ever apply. So, so typically, it, it can cover about 50 to 60% of your errors that it can identify. Now, exactly how well do you think it's going to do at fixing problems it can't identify?
0: Yeah, I'm guessing the answer is almost zero. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: generally breaks it. Um, yeah, yeah. There was a lawsuit uh, against a company called iBobs, which sold glasses. This is an e commerce selling eyeglasses. So. Let's just go out on a limb and guess that most of their customers don't have perfect vision. Um, yes. Yeah. So, the the lawsuit basically said a whole bunch of issues, but one of the key issues that was identified in the lawsuit was that they used an overlay, and that overlay completely broke the screen reader on mobile devices.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When, they, when the overlay was off, the website could be used on a mobile device using the screen reader. But when the overlay was on, it completely broke the entire experience. The website, it, it literally locked them in an infinite loop and they could not break out of it and they could not use the website at all.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like so, literally the antithesis of what you want from that tool, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes. So and I, I, I have seen it. I have seen many websites where the overlay tool literally broke things like menus. It broke things like whole CSS layouts. It it broke a lot of stuff. And do you, again? Do you, do you really expect that one line of JavaScript will magically fix all your problems, especially no. those that it can't identify?
0: Yeah. I think what we've learned is a that there's that there's a, a a compulsion to do this whether that's legal or moral or business there's a compulsion to get yourself on this train and start to learn this b it's not an easy journey necessarily but c there are there are tools and services and people like Jen out there who are making this hopefully easier than it was last year and next year hopefully a little bit easier so just once more Jen's website is easyallyguide, guide a11yguide.com easyallyguide.com you can go there and check it all out um just another quick thing to mention is i know that this will be stale at that point but if you if you have subscribed to the uh, the page builder summit jen is going to be uh, presenting there she's got a presentation called the best builder elements for accessibility. That will be fascinating. I'm really looking forward to that. But also, I know, and we'll have to keep this very brief, I know that you wanted to give a plug, a shout-out uh, for an online event which is very WordPress-specific, the WordPress Accessibility Day. It's it, By the time this episode comes out, the 2023 version will have come and gone, but there will be um, captioned, I'm guessing, videos of all of yes. the different bits and pieces available.
1: So, um. The way WordPress Accessibility Day works is it's a free event and all of the previous days have been recorded, captioned, transcript, and posted online for free. So it is all about people being able to learn and it goes into all sorts of different kind of niche topics within the accessibility space. For example, I will be talking about theme accessibility and what things to look for in a theme for accessibility and what some of the known issue spots are in themes. So that'll give you a little better idea of testing themes and knowing which one's a good choice and which one's a poor choice.
0: Yeah. So it's all available. Um, The 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 URL, the base URL is wpaccessibility.day. What a fabulous URL they've got there. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can prepend that with the year. So 2023. And then, you know, if you're listening to this in 2024 at some point, hopefully that event will take place. So that's there as well. So I just wanted to give a shout out for that. Anybody who's listened to this, Jen, though, who would like to connect with you, maybe that's to ask you for some advice or I don't know, let's hope maybe somebody will offer you some additional work. That'd be nice. Um where yes, would we uh, where would we find you?
1: So you can reach me on the easyalleyguide.com. I've got my contact info up there. Um I do uh I I host the uh Baltimore WordPress Meetup group and if you go on meetup.com and look for Baltimore WordPress, you can find me pretty easily. I host uh every other month I do an ask me anything, which is literally anything WordPress. It's a just come ask. I get all sorts of interesting questions. I don't guarantee answers, but you can ask me anything. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So Those are the easiest places to find me.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, Honestly, really, really interesting. I feel that we probably could have gone on for an awful lot (laughs) longer, but... um...
1: Well, there's time, an entire day.
0: Yeah, time and tide. Full of and all that. that's. of right. episodes that are recorded. Yeah, that's right. So go and check all of the different resources out. Links will be in the show notes. Go and check it out on the wpbuilds.com website. Jen Harris, thank you so much for chatting to us today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Nathan. It was great to be here.
0: Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Always a pleasure chatting about website accessibility. And I hope that you agree that Jen Harris certainly is somebody who has the credentials to talk about it interesting tool that has been created. You can go and check that out. All of the links will be in the show notes. Head over to WPBuilds.com and search for episode number 358. Please, 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 if you've got any commentary, why not do it on the fabulous commenting system that WordPress has built in? Go to that episode and leave us a comment there if you have any questions or thoughts about what Jen said today. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more at go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And we sincerely thank GoDaddy Pro for their ongoing support of the WP Builds podcast. As I said at the top of the show, if you're interested in keeping up to date with what we do, head to wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule. Also, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. You can sign up to our email newsletter there. We'd love for you to stay in touch with all of the different bits and pieces that we do. We really would. Okay, that's all I've got for you this week. Hopefully we will see you at some point during the next week. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say stay safe. Bye bye for now.